Hi, and welcome to EcoGal The Curious Consumer. I'm Ashley. Today in the EcoGal studio with me is Natalie Ashker Sievers. Natalie is the executive director for Tennessee Local Food. She received degrees in video production and philosophy from Belmont University and began her professional career in the film and entertainment industry. A desire to access healthy food and know the farmer who grew it led Natalie to volunteer at the Barefoot Farmers Community Supported Agriculture, otherwise known as CSA, program. She worked for small farms for seven years as CSA manager and marketing manager for the Barefoot Farmer, and then Caney Fork Farms. Natalie is the host and co-producer for Agrarian Trust podcast, Commons Groundswell, and serves on the board of Sweet Radish. She is a dedicated student of Ingar Yoga and is happiest in the garden with her family. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here and thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate you. So the Tennessee local food, why don't you go ahead and uh, you know tell our listeners a little bit about that before we get into it? Sure. Yeah. So Tennessee Local Food is a nonprofit that educates and connects members of our community food system. So, and, you know, we are based here in Middle Tennessee, so the Middle Tennessee community food system. We support farmers by providing workshops on sustainable business and production practices. We educate consumers on the value of community-based food systems, and we connect various stakeholders from the food system, which includes producers, distributors, processors, chefs, policymakers, um, consumers, so many stakeholders involved in the food system, uh, all in an effort to strengthen our local food shed. Mm, I love that mission. So how I'm curious how you educate consumers and why, because that I think that's a great place to start because we are all consumers of food. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, that's so interesting because so many people when you talk about stakeholders of the food system, don't identify as a stakeholder, but we are all stakeholders. Mm-hmm. We educate consumers by hosting events. So our primary activity is to host events that, again, educate and connect. So, you know, we do film screenings, we host panel discussions, farm tours, and then sort of the biggest event that we host is our annual conference called the Tennessee Local Food Summit. So, you know, there's so many different events and opportunities around Nashville and Middle Tennessee that people can can come to. We also mm-hmm. do things like host Facebook Lives and, you know, stuff like that. So you can you can tune in online. We've got a YouTube channel with some with some interesting videos, you know. So if you're interested in that, um and then yeah, we just kind of act as a connector for people that want to learn more about where where to purchase local food or why it matters. Yeah, that's great. And that's a really good point that I don't, I I never really kind of thought of myself as a stakeholder, right? I just was, I grew up on a farm and um, always had an interest in fresh food and can tell the difference. Uh, And when I moved here to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, which is in Middle Tennessee, you know, that was one of the things that I noticed was the amount of agricultural land and the amount of food that was being grown. And I thought that was extremely um, important for me at that time because I could see where things were going. I had learned about what was going on on our farm in uh, Eastern Washington. And so, um, you know, this is uh, very important. And, you know, I think to be able to bring the consumer in and to help us understand that we are part of this 
And so I, you know, maybe it'd be really interesting to go into a little bit more of kind of why, you know, why, you know, because mm. there's a, I, I think that we're not, we're so used to going to a grocery store and getting our food. Yes. And if you ask children today, they don't know where vegetables come from, you know, so maybe you could speak a little bit to that. Oh my gosh. There are so many reasons reasons why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and it's true that most kids, if you ask them, they say that food comes from the grocery store. So um, why I would say first reason, there's a huge disconnect in where our food comes from. And, um, and that is a skill that we should have, you know, people have been saving seeds and passing seeds down to preserve, uh, not just to grow food, but to preserve culture. So mm-hmm. Being having the ability and the knowledge to grow how on how to grow food mm-hmm. is important. Of course, not everybody's interested in growing food, um, and that's totally fine because we have a lot of farmers, especially here in Middle Tennessee. Actually, about forty percent of Tennessee's land is in agricultural production, which is a lot. That is a lot, and it is unfortunately most of that of that land isn't growing food for communities. It's growing uh, commodity crops, which which a lot of them, those commodity crops are going to, you know, be the main ingredients in processed foods or to feed livestock or something like that. But there's a lot of farmers that are working here in Middle Tennessee to grow food in a way that is regenerative. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that word is it's actually good for the soil. So we should be supporting a local food system because we, that is good for the environment. You know, if you care about the environment, if you think about the the produce in the grocery store, our our food in the grocery store, it really travels an average of 2000 miles to get to that grocery store. So you can imagine how much nutrients is lost in that process. You can imagine how, you know, all of the, you know, the carbon footprint of getting that food to the grocery store. Um, and meanwhile, we have tons of small farmers you know, and I'm mm-hmm. speaking in Middle Tennessee because that's where we are. We have tons of small farmers in Middle Tennessee. We have fertile farmland, amazing long season of growing. So it's really a lovely place to grow food. Mm-hmm. And so we should really be supporting those small farmers because we're keeping our dollar in the community. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good for the our local economy. Like I mentioned, it's good for the environment. It's good for our health because that food is going to be more nutrient dense. And I find that people don't always know that the nutrient denseness is actually what's important. And where that actually comes from is really healthy soil, right? That is not laced with chemicals that is killing, you know, which is really a, a bio in my, you know, it kills everything, right? And so how could it not be also making its way into our bodies, but it also kills all the things that are going to really give it what we need to have the health and wellness. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And the health of our soil is is in direct relationship with the health of our food, mm-hmm. which is in direct relationship with the health of our bodies and our communities. So it's so important that we're supporting farmers who are practicing you know, who are utilizing sustainable practices and mm-hmm. who care about the health of the soil. And, and there, yeah, there's, there's so many farmers that do, you know, so it's just like, why not? I mean, it is more expensive, you know, I will say that uh, because it's to use these regenerative or sustainable farming practices, it's more labor intensive. 
So, so therefore these farmers have to charge a little bit more, um, you know, so, so that's a factor, but you know, there's, you know, yeah. I think it's the true cost of actual food. I think that we have really brought it, we've cheapened it and, you know, and that is what has then led to kind of where we've um, gotten to with the monocultures and the big agricultural uh, farming. Um, Thank you. No, I just want to say thank you for saying that because most of the food in the grocery store that is really cheap, it's just, it's all subsidized. And so that's what also I think people don't fully understand that the price of the food in the grocery store is an artificial price. Mm-hmm. That is not actually what it, it costs. You know, it's just, it's subsidized. So mm-hmm. what you're paying for from a small farmer down the road, that's going to be the actual price. Yeah. It's like they are trying to give them a living wage and it's still hard, right? It's still hard to really be able to, there's a lot of work that goes into farming. And it's it's hard to get that that out, you know. But there's just there's a lot of different values in that, and um, and also having the health of our soil for people that are aware of you know the carbon and why it's important, you know, with this why our carbon footprint is important today is that you know yes, there's all this carbon that we're releasing through all of our um, petrol, uh, gas, and diesel vehicles on the road and airplanes. But I think then the conversation that's not being talked about enough is the fact that we've put so many chemicals on our land and we've gone into this monoculture that the land that used to draw down mm-hmm. the carbon is not able to. So you really do start to hit it on a lot of different levels of, you know, you're supporting your local people, you know, farmers. So you're keeping the money local. You're getting this really incredible nutrient rich food. And then you're also supporting the, you know, more farmers starting to use these practices, which then benefit, you know, all of us, you know, and the more that we have that happening, you know, that's just, it's just a, it's like a win-win all the way across the board, you know. Yeah. And I'll just add to that, you know, it's more than just sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere into Mm -hmm. the soil. That's a huge piece, but Mm -hmm. also good farming practices retain water, Uh, you know, they retain water. And that's really important. I mean, the people, a lot of people can't even believe this, but many of us farmers in this area, we don't even irrigate. We don't have to irrigate. I mean, the farmer that I first started working for, Jeff Poppin, he had eight, when I first went there, I couldn't believe it. He was farming eight acres of vegetables and he wasn't irrigating anything. Eight acres of vegetables, no irrigation. And that is because, and you can't do that everywhere, Mm -hmm. but we here in Tennessee have a lot of rainfall. So if you're utilizing these, you know, regenerative practices, you are going to be able to to retain that water that's mm-hmm. going to feed your plants is also about biodiversity. Yes. You know, we've lost so much biodiversity in our environment. And that's, that's more than just, we don't have a diversity of plants, but also the insects and all the animals and that rely on those habitats. So, you know, a lot yeah. of these small farmers, they care about that and they know about that and they're preserving diversity on, on their farm ecosystem. Yeah, Jeff's farm is amazing. Uh, What I noticed when I went out there was 
the amount of butterflies. And it, it just was, it's, it's interesting. I wasn't like, I was walking around and I wasn't getting bitten by a bunch of insects and bugs, but yet there were just, it was all this life that was around me. And I was like, wow, this is a really healthy environment. It's very, in, it's in balance, right? It's, and you're right. It's got all these ecosystems that are working with each other rather than against each other. And yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't realize that lack of life until you are in an environment that is thriving with life. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day. Somebody was like, we used to drive down the street and there'd be bugs all over your windshield. And so you have to use like one of those squeegees to get them off. And I'm like, I haven't had to do that in decades. And that, you know, I mean, yes, I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't love bugs all the time, but it's like, but they're part of, of a thriving environment, right? Like that, that is very noticeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then what, um, where I want to go is talking a little bit about CSAs because as people get more informed and where, you know, so where, you know, where can they go and find this fresh local food, you know? Yeah. So um, as you mentioned earlier, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And I just want to quickly just say that these are important because CSAs allow you to pay the farmers either up front or in an installments. Mm -hmm. And most farming expenses happen at the beginning of the year or maybe in the springtime in the winter when farmers are having to kind of pay a lot of money out for seeds and tools and things like that. So it's it's a, an amazing way to support farmers. Um, you know, most cities, like I can just speak for Nashville. I know there's Edible Nashville has a CSA guide every year. I think I think most cities at this point have online CSA guides for something. Uh, we did have during COVID-19, we did a local for food resource guide and we, we did also have one. Um, but, you know, I would also say CSAs are for people that want to cook food. You mm. know, there's so many different ways that people can support small farmers and access local food, um, be a part of a local food community. Mm-hmm. But CSAs, you, you do want to kind of do your research, talk to the different, talk to different farmers, find out not just what their prices are, but tell me about how you're farming. Tell me like, what are we going to be getting in our boxes? Um, it's pretty cool because these days there's lots of different models. Some, some farmers do a weekly or a bi-weekly or, you know, a monthly meat CSA. There's, mm. there's all kinds of CSAs that offer different, you know, whether it's produce or proteins and different, um, you know, delivery options and locations. So you just kind of have to really shop around and find the one that's going to work for you. Because if you sign up for a CSA and you don't have any time in your schedule to cook food, you might be disappointed. So, and I say that as a CSA man, former CSA manager for seven years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, find the farm that is going to work with you and for your schedule. And, Mm -hmm. um, and also know that it's not always going to look like the produce at the grocery store, you know, and and there might be a bug on it. Okay. There might be a few bugs on it and that's okay. And that's actually, I would be excited about that because it means that, you know, it wasn't grown with a bunch of chemicals that kill all those things. Exactly. Okay. It's good. It's healthy. Um, where so where would a consumer find at least if they're in Middle Tennessee like this local resource for a CSA farm so they could then start to kind of interview the different farms? Yes, yeah, that's great. So 
I would say if you're in Middle Tennessee, because that, that's where we are, I would I would check out the Edible Nashville CSA guide. They have a pretty thorough, extensive one. There's also a lot of cities have CSA fairs. Nashville, the, Na- the downtown Nashville Farmers Market, they host one every February. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go to this fair, walk around, meet 50 different farmers and talk to them about what they're offering. So I think that you know, this is where the internet really comes in for us. I would, I would probably just Google uh, community supported agriculture programs in your area and see if you can find a, a local list. I think I've kind of listed a couple ideas if you live in Nashville, but if you're outside of, of Tennessee, you know, start, start by searching online. Um, and then you can also go to farmer's markets. A lot of times people have their CSA pickups at farmer's markets. So if you start to check out different farmer's markets Mm. and talk to different farmers at those different places, especially ones that maybe the farmer's market that's closest to where you live, so it'll be convenient for you. Um, There might be local, if you have any locally owned grocery stores that purchase food from small farmers near nearby, they might have some recommendations. Um, yeah, those would, those would be my, my main thoughts on that. I think that is super helpful. And then at the end of the year, uh, just because we're kind of running out of time, I want to talk about this event that you um, put on, because I think that this is, I mean, this is someplace where I've noticed a lot of farmers go, but it is this opportunity, right, for consumers I'm not a farmer. I'm a consumer. I like to go. I find a lot of really good information. Just continue to expand my awareness and education. Yes. Yes. So this event is called the Tennessee Local Food Summit. This is our sort of, I would say, pinnacle event of the year. And it happens the first weekend of December every year. We historically have had this in Nashville at different universities. It's been at Vanderbilt University, Tennessee State University, Trevecca, lots of different places. Uh, but this past last year, we moved outside of Nashville to a, a, a town called Lebanon. They they call it Lebanon here for anyone listening that isn't from here, not Lebanon. They say Lebanon, I guess. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we're kind of moving it around Middle Tennessee so that we can access people, you know, out, outside of the city, too. But, yeah, our attendance, it's about half farmers and it's about 50 percent other stakeholders, which of course, like we've talked about, includes the consumer. And we host workshops on everything from farming, sustainable farming business practices and production practices for those people farming as a business. But we also have a lot of workshops that are geared towards, you know, food access and community gardens Hmm. and, you know, food community gardens as a, um, as a, means towards food justice, you know, things like that. Um, There's also, we do a whole vendor trade show. There's all of our meals are hundred percent farm to table. So honestly, you should just come for the food if you Mm. want. (laughs) um, We have keynote speakers that are super inspiring. So even if you don't work in the, in as a farmer, but you're just interested in learning more or finding that farmer that might be your CSA farmer, you know, it's a, it's a great space just to be surrounded by people who see the, the power of food and the power of growing food Mm -hmm. and how transformative it can be, not just doing it as a business, but even just in a community garden setting or in a little, in a, in a pot on your 
back doorstep if you don't have any access to land. So, yeah. It's true. I have a little patio and I grow food on it and it's great. You don't need much. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, where do people find those tickets? Mm -hmm. Yes. Our website is tnlocalfood.org. And I would, if you're interested in learning more, please subscribe to our newsletter. We Mm -hmm. have a great informative newsletter that goes out not super often, just whenever we have important things to share. And we keep everyone updated on our events. We have an events calendar on our website, as well as a, a page that is that says tickets, where you can access tickets to our events. Um, on social media, you can find us on all the platforms, TN Local Food. And yeah, we also have a donate button. We are a nonprofit, so we do rely on the support of the community. So if you're interested in and supporting this work of building a resilient community food shed, please mm-hmm. check out that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a great place to put your money. Well, thank you. Thanks for bringing your your expertise and spending time with us today. I think we've just scratched the surface um, and love to have you back. But I really appreciate this beginning conversation around, you know, our local food and us being consumers and how we can become more informed, right, for um, our own health and our family's health. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Ashley. I had a great time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Sharing the show or an episode that really resonated with you with friends or on social media is always appreciated. For podcast updates, please subscribe at ecogal.tv forward slash subscribe. Graphic elements and logos, courtesy of Linda Cornelius. Audio editing by Danielle Mikesell. Our theme music was created by Taylor Pye. You can find us on Instagram at ecogal.tv. We appreciate your support and we value your time and energy. So we hope you found this useful and of value. Thank you for listening. See you back here soon. And until then, stay curious.